Well, good morning. It's great to see all of you again and to see so many new faces uh, this morning. Well, this fall, we are tracing God's redemptive and restorative story through the great fathers of our faith. Last week, we discussed how the first cha 11 chapters of Genesis contains our primeval history. God creates the earth and calls mankind to tend it. We see the establishment of an evil empire through Adam and Eve's disobedience. We see the seeds of a small rebel army led by Seth and Enoch and Noah. And then this small rebel army catches fire in Genesis 12 as God calls Abram to be the father of all nations. God blesses Abram so he might be a blessing to all mankind and to establish an everlasting kingdom. And as we're getting to know Abram over these weeks, we saw last week and we'll continue to see that he's very much a work in progress. We see flashes of great faith as he leaves his father's house, dislodging himself from the evil empire and going to Canaan. And then we see Abram's humanity. After arriving in Canaan, a famine occurs, and instead of trusting God to provide, Abram takes his family to Egypt. Today, we look at how God reassures Abram in the midst of his fear and mistrust. Faith is a process. It's a process of learning to trust God. And like with any relationship, trust takes time to grow and develop. And we certainly see this in Abram's relationship with God. So we're going to look at two things this morning. The first is mistrust. And then secondly, we're going to look at assurance. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful for this beautiful morning, cold breeze, the blue sky. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come that you would teach us through your holy word. And Lord, in the midst of being outside, I know I'm easily distracted. We're easily distracted. And I pray you take away all distractions, that you would help us to focus on your word and that you would have your way with us. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So the first thing that I want us to consider this morning is mistrust. Now this week, we're gonna pick up in chapter 13, and we're gonna walk through chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to pull them out. You can, if you have an app, pull them out. And we're gonna, we're gonna spend the majority of our time in chapter 15. But just as an overview, in chapter 13, what we see is this principle, as we continue to get to know God, our faith in him continues to grow. We see this with Abram. After the debacle in Egypt, Abram, Sarah, and his nephew Lot, they returned to the place where they had pitched their original tent and where Abram had built an altar to God in the land between Bethel and Ai. Now, Abram, he had failed to trust God when he went down to Egypt and he lied about Pharaoh and Sarah's identity. 
But after returning to Canaan, we see Abram's trust in God grow. Abram had brought Lot with him from the beginning because in Abram's mind, he thought that God was going to use Lot to fulfill the promise of a son. So when they returned to Canaan and a conflict arose between Lot's herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen over the use of the land, what we see here is Abram's faith growing because the temptation within him would be to hold on to Lot. But instead, Abram turns to Lot and he says to him, you choose whatever land you want. And Abram chooses the Jordan Valley. And Abram says, go, Lot. He lets him go, taking his family and his herds with him. Now, you might not think that's a big deal, but that's a big deal because that's who Abram thought God was going to fulfill his promise. Here we see Abram trust God. He lays down the pen and stops trying to write his own story and instead says, God, you are the author. You are writing the story and I will place my trust in you. Now we turn to chapter 14. In chapter 14, as Abram's relationship with God continues to grow, we see his faith in God continue to grow. The author tells us that Lot and his family, they had moved to Sodom. And sometime after they had settled there, a great enemy came and sacked Sodom and Gomorrah, taking everyone captive, including Lot and his family. Now news of what had happened reaches Abram. And at the risk of his own life, Abram has this brave heart moment and he gathers a group of fighting men and he goes in, defeats the enemy, and rescues Lot and his family from the evil king. Now that brings us to chapter 15, where if we didn't have this text before us, we would expect Abram's faith to continue to grow and his trust to continue to go grow. But instead, if you look at verse 1, the author tells us that Abram literally takes two steps back and is filled with fear again. But God calmly, like a patient mom with her child at a dentist office, reiterates the promise in verse 1. God says, I am your shield. I will protect you and your reward will be great. My promise is unbreakable. And it's sometimes is the case when we're feeling tons of anxiety and fear as Abram was instead of listening to what God is saying to him and finding comfort we see here Abram lashing out at God we see this outburst in verse 2 Abram says oh Lord God what will you give me for I continue to be childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Like a scared child, Abram cries out. He says, I'm old, I'm childless. And then with a, a hint of sarcasm, you surely aren't telling me that you're gonna carry on my lineage through this servant. 
And then you notice between verses 2 and 3, there's a break. There's space. There's time. Enough time for God to speak and to interrupt this outburst. But like a patient father, God chooses to wait until Abram is done throwing his temper tantrum. And then in verse 3, Abram continues on. Behold, you have given me no offspring, God, and a member of my household will be my heir. Now, as we think of Abram's response, I wonder, does fear and bitter unbelief ever cause you to lash out to God? I know I struggle with fear and anxiety, and I know that there's many, many times in the midst of my fear and anxiety, God has tried to speak to me, to calm me. But instead of listening, I've lashed out. I've had a temper tantrum. I've been sarcastic in my response to God. But what I love seeing in our text today is that we have a patient, holy father. And just as he responds to Abram's outburst, he responds to us. Look at verse 4. The Lord says to Abram, Breathe, son. You're going to be okay. Cast your fear and your anxiety on me. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And if those words weren't enough, our gracious Heavenly Father tells Abram, I want you to go outside. Get some fresh air. And then while outside, I want you to look toward the heaven and number the stars. And if you're able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, I can remember the one and only time that I've camped outside. We had a small campfire. And I remember when we were camping outside, I'm not a big camper, I can remember looking up at the stars, and there were thousands of them. It's a beautiful, beautiful night. It was breathtaking. And I can imagine Abraham also as he looked up and saw thousands and thousands of stars. His fear and anxiety began to melt. And as verse 6 tells us, he believed the Lord. And though undeserving as such an outburst, the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Like an NCA team getting a number one seed that they didn't deserve, here God gives Abram a kindness that he didn't deserve. But as we see in verse 8, after God reiterating his promises and casting his vision for Abram's life, Abram's fear and mistrust come rushing back in as he asked the Lord yet again, Oh Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Meaning the promised land. Abram is struggling to trust God again. And while it's easy to throw stones at Abram, I realize that I am so much like him. God comforts me. And he reiterates his promises to me. And then I trust him for a moment. And then when a circumstance comes up, I get scared again. 
and I move toward mistrust. And so I wonder this morning, where are you struggling with fear and mistrust with the Lord? Where are you struggling with fear? Where are you struggling to trust the Lord? What promises from the Lord are you struggling to believe in and to trust this morning? In our text, we first see the mistrust of Abram as he continues to get to know God and walk with him. Secondly, we see the assurance God offers through the giving of his covenant. Look back in verse 1. We see the Father's heart as he offers assurance even before Abram says a word. God tells him, fear not. And then down in verses 9 through 21, we see God continuing to reassure Abram. Look at verse 9. The Lord tells Abram, I want you to go, I want you to bring a heifer, three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now in verse 10, Abram, he was very familiar with an ancient Near Eastern custom of developing a covenant, and that was called a blood path. It was a ritual, and he understood that ritual. And so he doesn't need any instructions from God what to do with the animals. And so what we see Abram doing is exactly what God had asked him. He begins to cut the animals in half. But instead of taking the next step, which would have been for Abram to walk through the animals, first signifying his commitment to keep the covenant stipulations, the author tells us that Abram stalled. And he allowed so much time to elapse, you look at verse 11, the stench of the animals began to attract the birds of prey. Now, why was Abram stalling for time? I believe Abram is intentionally taking his time, setting up this blood path and choosing not to walk through it because Abram knew that he was sinful. And he knew that he would not be able to keep the covenant stipulations. Therefore, Abram knew if he walked through that blood path, he would surely be signing his own death certificate. And so Abram, stalling, he falls into a deep sleep. And here we see God's kindness and his grace on full display as he reassures Abram, I am faithful to my promises and you can place your trust in me. In verse 12, a darkness comes over the whole land. And then in verses 13 through 16, the author tells us that a great darkness fell upon him. Then God speaks to Abram's fears and mistrust. The Lord reassures him that he'll be a father of great nations. Yes, because of the sins of Israel, there'll be a delay of 400 years. But Abram, I will fulfill my promise to you. And this is the most beautiful part of this passage. Instead of requiring Abram to walk through the blood path, 
we see in verses 17 through 21, God in the form of a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch walks through the blood path twice. Once for Abram and once for himself. Through this act, the Lord is saying to Abram, this covenant can never be broken because I am perfect and I am able to keep my covenant stipulations. And I know that you're imperfect and you're not going to keep the covenant stipulations, but I will take the punish punishment for any failures you make. If you fail to keep the covenant stipulations, my blood will be shed, not yours. God's covenant with Abram is such a beautiful story of the links that God is willing to go to reassure us in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our mistrust. God goes to great lengths in order to bring restoration of his kingdom and the defeat of the empire. And ultimately, as Abram only sees a glimpse of here, and we have seen in full because we know the end of the story, and the end of the story of this blood path is that God sent Jesus Christ. And he walked through the blood path. And he died on a cross. Not because of God's failure, but because of man's failure. I wonder this morning, are there failures from your past that you struggle to receive God's forgiveness for? Are there things that you've done that the accuser continues to bring up in moments that you least expect it and he steals your joy and fills your heart full of despair? I know for me there's things that I've done in my past that I know in, in one level that I've been forgiven of but at the, the strangest times, Satan will bring up those instances and whisper in my ear, there is no way that God will forgive you for what you've done. But when Satan whispers in our ears that we're not forgiven, it's in those moments that we can turn to Genesis 15. And we can remember this blood path. And then we can turn to the New Testament and we can remember the cross and find the assurance that though we mistrust God at times and though we are going to fail, God has taken our punishment. And for those who profess faith in him, he has forgiven all of our sins, past, present, and future. And therefore, as we sang this morning in the beautiful hymn, And Can It Be, we exclaim Paul's words in Romans 8, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are found in Christ. And this morning, we get the opportunity to experience God's assurance as we remember his body that was broken and his blood that was shed so that all of us who believe in him 
might receive forgiveness and everlasting life. At this meal, we come counted as righteous, not to say, look how righteous I am. God knows all our mistrust. And he says to us this morning, he could not love us any more. And so if you'll stand with me, The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Together we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. You may be seated.